your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. The Golden Knights get an early jump in Seattle and improve to 3-0 in the process after Saturday's 5-2 win over the Kraken. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from the sports and entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. And you could find us at Tony Dasco on Twitter, at TD Chris G, at Lockdown VGK, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On VGK. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, what could the Kraken head coach, Dave Haxtall, possibly be thinking by starting Martin Jones in net on Saturday night, right? Every time that Jones has faced the VGK, he gets chased. He stinks. He's no good. We thought that we would see Philip Grubauer, right, on Friday and I just remember VGK uh, chasing Jones in a couple of games back in that 2019 series. That's what stands out the most to me. And uh, I know on Friday we were just talking about the way that uh, we felt Grubauer would be the starter in this game. So let's start there. Why was Martin Jones in the cage on Saturday night? It was maybe, I mean, again, I'm trying to get into the coach's head, but Martin Jones is a starter opening night. Maybe it's just more of a political. It looks bad if I don't start my starter type of thing. I, I don't know. And I'm not necessarily advocating that for being the right way to go. But the ninth time in 24 starts, we have chased Jones. I wonder what team has chased a goalie more since VGK has been around since 1718. So we're going back five seasons plus a couple of games now. I wonder, A, what the most times, if if VGK has chased a goalie more times than anyone else in the National Hockey League. That's what I'm trying to get at. And then I'm curious what the all-time record is going back to maybe once the league expanded to, you know, 20, 25-plus teams or something like that when there was some more um, of a revolving door type of schedule. But, yeah, I don't get that. I think everyone in Vegas was happy when they saw Martin Jones listed as a starter. I saw that. I um, made a financial uh, investment on a, a sports uh, waiver, wagering website and made a made a couple bucks, a little better. My football bets went yesterday for the most part, but uh, you know, VGK three and Oh, good start. And uh, more, uh, more Martin Jones, please. I think that uh, Keegan Colasar got tired of you trolling him. Okay. So 12 seconds into the game, they take the face off and he coasts again with this VGK team. They went up at one point, Five to nothing in the contest. Jonathan Marshall saw a couple of goals well on his way to 30. Yeah, Marchie looked good. And I really enjoyed his celebration after his second goal where he found this. I thought he originally had beat Jones over his shoulder and he was a little bit lazy, but he actually found a gap like below his armpit and like where the glove was and just kind of snuck it right in there. I mean, he's not aiming for that. He's just taking a shot and hoping at that point, let's call it what it is. But still, uh, I love the celebration afterwards, though. It was just 
it was the first time I've seen swagger in a while from the Vegas Golden Knights. And it was that celebration right there. Marchie is kind of nodding his head like, yep, I just did that. I just did that. And, you know, again, it's early. It's exciting. There's going to be plenty of, um, you know, turning points throughout the season, plenty of highs and lows. But for now, things seem to be going the right way. And Marchessault so is going to be a big part. There, there's another stat right there. I think Marchessault so has scored in either every opener or every VGK home opener, if I'm not mistaken. It's here all but one, or he scored in every single one. So Marchessault so likes getting things started in the right, the right direction. He's a quick starter, and let's keep him healthy so he can help us finish. Remember on Friday, I said that, uh, you know, Seattle and Los Angeles, started to mix it up at the end of their game. And then lo and behold, again on Saturday night, we see Seattle and VGK, a little scrap at the end of the game. This Seattle team's a little bit feisty right now. Chandler Stevenson, he had that uh, penalty shot, which was one of the only shots, I think, that Martin Jones saved in that game. And then Bruce Cassidy. uh, Cassidy said that he felt that this team played very well, Chris, against the boards. That, I mean... Yeah, that's fair. Um, they played every every possible. I'm, I'm trying to think of something from the game in Seattle that I watched where I thought they could have done better and nothing. I mean, I was I was working. I was doing my sports cards thing on Saturday night, but I did have the 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 game showing on my phone as I was doing my work. I'm like and I turned out like like. 25 seconds after it started, I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened here? And of course, I check, I see Colasar scored to me. I go back to Colasar. Immediately, I go back to my friend in, 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 in the back of 217. And I wonder if that guy has season tickets or friends and family season tickets or if I'm going to see him more throughout the year because that's going to be a fun spirited chirping session throughout the year and uh i gotta find out who this guy is if you if you happen to be watching or if you know a friend of a friend uh dude sat in the back of 217 big big colasar fan him and his friends but if if someone knows who this guy is if you can link him up with the show i uh i got a 17 beer for you at, at t-mobile next time i see you because i think we gotta find out who this guy is get him on and, and have a good conversation like i'm not I'm not a Colasar hater by any means. In a serious note, I've I still point out my stat all the time about him being top ten in hits and fourth in scoring amongst those in that category. Um, I, I also go back to the fact that Colasar comes across as underwhelming at times too. But 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 maybe this is a season where you can put 12, 13, 14 pucks in the back of the net, improve the assist a little bit while still doing that physical blend of hockey. Yeah, he even pointed out after the game that he did miss the open net in the previous game. And so maybe this is a step forward. And this all began with the face-off win, right, by Nick Waugh. And VGK won the first nine face-offs in that game. They won about 70% of the face-offs and some critical face-offs. And uh, Waugh, Carrier, uh, and even William Carlson. Well, Carlson won 71% of the face-offs, so you have to give him uh, credit in the circle. Stevenson, 69% of that game. They won draws. Uh, they won that draw against Morgan Geeky, which was a big one on the power play. And then seven seconds later, VGK made it three to nothing. I think that was the Marshall so goal. But talk a little bit about them in the faceoff circle, the importance of winning fake, uh, faceoffs, especially in the opponent's end. So going back to Jar- Gerard Gallant, Gerard Gallant didn't work on faceoffs a lot. It was very, uh, commonly known that he didn't place that much 
he, he focused the time elsewhere is probably the best way to say it. I'm sure he knows faceoffs are important, but you only have so much time to go out there and do your things and practices and things like that. So that probably carried on to the DeBoer era a little bit. I never recall them being a very strong team in the circle under DeBoer, but something obviously happened in the off season where Cassidy does feel that faceoffs are more important and especially those offensive zone faceoffs. I mean, I know it's just one small play, but every inch of, advantage that you can have at the professional level is so big right I mean there's 32 teams there's 32 competitive teams no team is going to be a layup you, you know I predicted 17-3 over the Chicago Blackhawks the other day and it wanted to be one nothing it wasn't going to be 17-3 folks anyone that thinks that's serious just calm down but point being is there's no layups in the NHL you have to I mean, me and my kid just watched actually highlights of the Blackhawks Knights game where they were down three, nothing and Dodonoff of all people scores the winner that basically at that point saved the season. If they lose that game, they're in a much bigger hole. It was the end of March, I believe, and only probably, you know, 10, 12 games left. So back to the point is yes, everything you can do to tilt the ice in your favor to get any type of advantage is very important. Puck possession can be a very important stat. And especially in a game where you have the team on their heels, you just win that face off and there you got your foot on their throat from the word go. If you start Martin Jones, just thinking about this, you have to start the tankathon for Connor Bedard. I mean, they have to start and they have to, I have to believe that they're starting to tank up there in Seattle early in the season. Are you sold (laughs) finally on, are you sold on Eden Hill? Finally 31 saves in that game. And I know now that you've been chirping, you are such a big fan of Mr. Hill. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, I didn't like going back to the preseason game, that that single goal where he was just basically completely out of position. I think it was the overtime winner, if I'm not mistaken, or as a goal, it was a late goal, one of the two. The 7-3 to three game was extremely disheartening in the preseason. But then his next start and next appearance, I think he had one more start and one more appearance, if I'm not mistaken, down the stretch. Um, next start was over, was 50 saves on 53 or something like that. It was a very solid performance. And then his appearance at the end was also very solid. So I think I alluded to, you know, sometimes when you're uh, here, you go, Tony, when we're betting the horses or the trotters for that matter, a horse after a long layoff, they might be a solid horse, right? And they go out and they get like six place. They were never competitive. But then when you look in the notes on the lower, lower, lower side, lower right-hand side of the program, it says needed starts, needed that race. So basically that simply means that the horse needed that uh, that the race or series of races to kind of get their feet into them again. And Aiden Hill, we have to look at his situation. January suffers an injury, plays one game in March, shuts out the Kings, oddly enough. No competitive hockey all summer long outside of whatever training he did. VGK signs him in mid-July, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's time to train and get your feet back under you again. And he's a big body. He's not a small dude by any means. So the coordination probably takes a little bit more time to come back and get everything working again. Fast forward to a very solid start in Seattle. And it's early. It's three games in, but we're also 3-0. and And we've had three solid goaltending efforts. And I know we'll talk a little more about this later, but the first asterisk that we always go to after we listed everything positive about VGK regarding their depth and their defense asterisk, will the goaltending hold up? It's early. It's three games, but right now I feel better about it than I did uh, a week ago this time. 
Yeah, my six horse, by the way, over at Yonkers the other night, boxed in, boxed in, not needed start. Parks, no cover. Parks, no cover. Yeah, park, no cover. Coming up <laughs> next, VGK is a team that's 3-0. and We have to have this discussion. Is VGK for real? We'll talk about it when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security protects your home. You don't earn that trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, Chris likes this, it's S I M P L I, safe. Your safety is the only thing truly that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe right here in my own home. They protect you without the cutting edge security uh, technology, all that. They are powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents, and they always have your back. And uh, to tell you why I love it, safety does come first, especially in these trying times, and it helps to avert a break-in. The effectiveness of the technology is very strong, and uh, again, you feel extra supported by their team. And what I like most about their advanced technology, whether it's controlling the system myself by the phone or watching the crystal clear HD live stream of our security cameras, it's really effective. Simply Safe professionals really have our back and they really help out a ton. Simply Safe blankets our home with the protection, with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras they have inside and outside of the home, smarter ways to detect motion, and it only alerts you when there's a threat that's a real threat. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats in our home. So the monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology, and it visually confirms when a break-in is for real. So again, in just a few minutes, you could just go to simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL, and you'll save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up today for an interactive monitoring plan. You get your first month for free. That's right, for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown nhl and you can learn more there's no safe like simply safe welcome back to lockdown golden knights tony cardasco and chris gallick in las vegas thanks for making us your first listen each and every day so chris so far uh the golden knights have beaten the kings blackhawks and seattle and uh, they've handled their business you have to give them credit for that but over the next week, they're going to have, you know, a pretty difficult schedule, starting with Cal Gary. Got that in there for the first time this season. Cal Gary on Tuesday night. They are one of 11 undefeated teams. And fans are asking, is this team for real? It's three games. Let's not get too high or too low. But for the sake of discussion, is this team for real? Let's start from the back out. I mean, that's the most important thing. Our right now our our goaltending duo, if you will, it's about to become a trio apparently. So we'll see what happens when when that occurs. Whenever LB gets back, but LT two very serviceable starts. One of course being a shutout performance. And Aiden Hill, I mean, 
whatever to the two goals he led in uh, during the third period of the five nothing at the time blowout. It, it's tough to keep the pedal to the metal, if you will, in the third period when your team is up five nothing. So there's going to be some lapses, whether it's the defense, whether it's the goaltending. So I put absolutely zero stock into that third period of that game against Seattle. VGK just went through the motions, didn't want to get anyone hurt. Um, you saw a few little scrums, of course, a little one at the end of the game, but that wasn't going anywhere. There was nothing happening there. Uh, Petrangelo, the only thing I guess I'll single out here really fast and we'll get back to the topic. Uh, Petrangelo pushes the, uh, I think it was Jaden Schwartz, if I'm not mistaken, the goal scorer in to Aiden Hill. The puck is in before the contact even happens, and Petro is up screaming at the ref trying to sell a goaltender interference penalty. But my point is, why in a 5 nothing game are we shoving players into our goaltender if there's one thing that one thing that I will point out that's a concern I think that's a, a safe uh, way to look at that back to the topic is VGK for real sure you look at the goaltending you look at what LT and Aiden Hill has done right now this could be a duo that splits it you know 55 and 37 if my math is right you know th- that type of splits or once uh, LB comes maybe uh, LT only starts half the games with Hill and LB chopping the rest of the games, which if that works out, I mean, I can't remember last time I've heard of a three-headed goaltending rotation in the NHL where you did that on purpose. And I'd be curious how that all works out, especially with the salary cap and everything. I don't know if LB is IR. I honestly don't know how that's going to shake out, but if it works, great, let's figure it out. Going back to the defense, the defense since day one has been extremely solid for the Vegas Golden Knights heading into season six now. This is probably our deepest, I mean, it's our same six defensemen year over year, which is very, that's a good thing, I would hope. And we have more players waiting in the wings that can chip in in the event uh, we lose any of our top six. You look at the forwards, you look at our top nine. Right now, the the CASA plan, along with the McCrimmon plan, hashtag both, of course, are working out, right? Cassidy is not afraid to make moves that, our head scratchers. We have a very expensive third line, folks, with Marcheso and Carlson, but it's working. Obviously, our top two lines are very, very expensive as well. Uh, tossing Phil Kessel in there, someone we I, I felt Kessel would would fit right in there, but you had your concerns about Kessel on the top line being able to keep up simply with Eichel, and you know, for now, it, it's working out. It's working out, and again, we have more reinforcements waiting in the event any of our top nine go down. And of course, line four is uh, making waves. And, you know, I'm, I don't I don't I'm never a fan of always starting line four, but it seems like a lot of coaches like that. So there's a reason they coach and why I'm sitting here in a podcast being watched by six people, you know, chirping for starting line four, maybe seven, whatever, Tony, maybe we got seven people this morning. But point being is, you know, there's a reason they do this. And you look what line four did to start the game against Seattle. So long story longer is VGK for real. Of course, I think so. We felt that they would be. We, we didn't think they'd have this fast of a starts. We were both of the mindset. It might take a minute right. to get going. Yeah, you're absolutely, good. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, but this next week could be reality check number one, because at Calgary at the Saddle Dome, um, they play Winnipeg. I think is sandwiched in between. And then Colorado, the Avalanche. Oh, that's a tr- Thursday is a trap game, folks. Hammer the Jets. Absolutely. Hammer the Jets. Absolutely. I was thinking the same exact thing. There's I beat you to right it, Tony. I beat you to it just because you started games. it. Darn it. No bad goals given up by those goaltenders. That's what Bruce Cassidy says. Is that correct? He yeah, also I said, mean, I'm thinking he also of the... said, but but the only the only thing I have against Cassidy, he's been great. 
He's been perfect. He's been transparent. He's been accurate, except when he said that they beat a really good defensive team in the LA Kings. They're not good defensively. They gave up what, six more goals the other night. Okay, let's go. I'm supposed to start talking now. Okay. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if you were done or not. But, I mean, you know, Cassidy, again, his his honesty or his perspective of honesty, if you will, is very apparent in everything he says. And I'm going to try and get to the game on Thursday on credentials if I can pull that off. So maybe I'll uh, get a chance to uh, to ask him in a very polite manner about the way he uh, conducts his press conferences. And, you know, I don't I won't go that deep. It'll be a very canned question, I'm sure, if I get in there and we'll get our feet in the door. But point being is, you know, Cassidy is very honest. He is very, very honest. It is very refreshing. And I'm not knocking Gallant or DeBoer. I really enjoyed Gallant, the way he talked to the media. I really enjoyed his interactions. DeBoer, I thought, was extremely polite. He was the only person that I've seen in press conferences actually acknowledge each reporter or media member by their name. You know, someone asks a question, he says, hello, X, Y, Z, and he always responds. I think that's very polite. But outside of that, DeBoer does not give you a whole lot besides, you know, everything feels like it's it's working out and everything is great. Um, there will be a turning point. There will be friction on the Golden Knights. There will be a time when it's very hard to win a game. And I'm curious what that side of Cassidy looks like. We have a young goaltender. Cassidy does have a somewhat documented history of having issues with how he's handled young talent in the past. So you look at a couple of our young players, not just simply uh, Logan Thompson, of course, but Paul Cotter. Um, you know, Paul Cotter got drilled uh, the other night too. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that works out. So I haven't heard him say a whole lot about Cotter since he scored, uh, the goal against, against Chicago. So we'll see if, uh, Amadio makes his uh, first appearance of the season soon, but you know, it's, it's all working out so far. And yeah, the Kings early on are not a great defensive team. Kind of surprising. The Kings are a team that we were excited to see. And, uh, you know, I will talk a little more about the Pacific in segment three, but as of right now, the, the Kings and uh, whoever their GM is, that that insert GM hashtag a plan is not working over there. Four players on this VGK team, Chris, have three points. Jonathan Marsh is so well on his way to 30 goals, which we expect out of him, out of Marchy, 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 uh, whatever. March okay, in the month so, and E. So, an so, uh, so three goals, uh, <laughs> three goals for Marsh so. Uh, three points for Eichel, Petrangelo, and Stevenson, and three power play goals for this team through three games, which I think is a key statistic and something that we were very concerned about. But that is starting to to really stick, and they're getting a good rotation. And and Cassidy, I'll, I'll give him credit; he is not afraid to jump on any of these players. Like no one gets a pass. And I liked, you know, that. Uh, or what game was that? Was that the? L.A. Kings game where between periods um, he jumped on the team about the power play in any event uh, players that are playing too many shifts. It's a concern to me. And again, Petrangelo, you know, when you when you look at him in his game, I think he's up and down. I see him get beat on one end. But again, he's pinching. He's in front of the net. He's all over the place. He's skating 84 shifts so far. This guy you cannot get off the ice. You just can't get him off the ice. And then I was looking at some other numbers. Braden McNabb, 79. Alec Martinez, 79 shifts. And Shea Theodore, 78. Your defensemen are doing a lot of work on the ice. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that, that's not uncommon. That's not, that's not something exclusive to the Vegas Golden Knights. You're going to see 
Each team is probably going to have one or two defensemen that do play 20 minutes plus a game. I go back to my uh, time being a very loyal Chicago Blackhawks fan. and It was nice to see uh, all the red sweaters and catch up with some Chicago people uh, on Thursday night over at um, over at T-Mobile. But Duncan Keith is the first person I'm going to. I can't tell you how many times he would play 25 minutes a game, sometimes even scratch the surface of 30 minutes a game in a non-overtime situation. So you're going to have your... Um, your people that chew up those minutes. Petrangelo is certainly one of those. And and Petro's game is not sexy. It is not a sexy game. It is not Shea Theodore going up and down the ice, nor is it Braden McNabb absolutely uh, laying a big hip check. But Petrangelo, for the most part, is going to be in the right place at the right time. He's going to pinch from the offensive side, uh, as we've seen, obviously. He's going to rush the puck. He's going to work the power play. But it's not a sexy game. It's not a game you might even notice a whole lot of when you are out there, but he gets on the score sheet. His plus minus is usually acceptable. I haven't, I'm I'm assuming everyone's plus minus looks good right now through the first, uh, through the first few games. So, I mean, yeah, Petrangelo, it's not sexy at times, but there's a reason he does have that contract. And there were other teams if VGK would not have paid him that would have been willing to pay him that money at the time. Maybe not the same term necessarily, but there are a lot of other teams that would have been paying this, would have been willing to spend a lot of money on Petrol for what he does bring to the ice, off the ice and on the ice, as far as leadership goes too. Yeah, no, I, I think sometimes he just plays too much and gets a little bit gassed out there, and that's why I brought up the number of shifts already, you know, for him and for the Blue Liners. And this is a time of year for VGK. Great start, three and zero. They're stealing points, right? We know it's going. Every game is going to matter. Over the course every of point. the next every yeah, point. every single point matters, right? And over the course of the next three games, um, success would be what three points, four point, four points obviously would be tremendous. But if they were to get three more points, that would be pretty good. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, if you if you I tell mean, me so right now, we got six right, points. They're on pace for 246 points right now. Chris. I mean, listen, if you tell me we're going to have nine points out of a possible. 10 if that's what you're saying right now i'm i'm okay with that is my if my math is right there six uh, 12 it would be nine out of 12 uh, for the first six games if that's uh what we're looking at and based on again we didn't think vgk was going to be bad by any means i'm certainly a homer when it comes to that but we both were of the mindset that there would be early growing pains you saw what the preseason looked like at the time the preseason there were times at the preseason it did not look good at all call it what it is especially their entries on the power play goaltending was suspect from Aiden Hill and just a lot of other things. But right now it is all starting to click and click early. So if we can get through the first, let's, let's extend it out a little bit, you know, through, uh, you know, through the month of October, if you will, which will probably be what 15 games played or something like that. So if we can get 22, 23 out of a possible 30 to start the season, I think that is a great start and we can only go up because, I mean, we hope the attrition does not hurt VGK the way it did last year. And not you never wish injury on anyone else, but you certainly hope it does even out a little bit. And other teams, especially in the Pacific, do experience a little more what VGK had. But even when attrition does strike, there will be injuries. Things will happen. Uh, you already see people taking maintenance days, not participating in morning skates on days of game. Although, I'll tell you right now, Phil Castle might not participate in a single uh, pregame day of game skate the entire season. I'll, I'll, I feel pretty comfortable in making that claim. But once the attrition does hit, once the injuries do start, in which they will, 
we have a nice stable just waiting down in Henderson. We have a very nice stable of players that have some nice NHL experience. You also have LeCision. And who's is LeCision the only one that's up that's that's our scratch right now? Uh, Pavel Dorofiev, just go off stride for a second here. Uh, two quick goals uh, against Tucson on Saturday night. VGK with a big response. And really fast, I want to go down a quick path here. So, uh, Tony, you mentioned on Price Friday's of popcorn. Show. What's that? The price of popcorn. <sighs> Um, listen, the Henderson bought me off. I got that nice autographed. It's hard to see, but that's a, a 21, 22 t-shirt with the entire, uh, silver Knights autographs on that. So I, they, they get, a they, they, they get a pass for a little bit, but I, listen, at least there was change, I guess. So at least that shows something. Um, I don't know, but, uh, my point here is you mentioned Tony, this was why I thought a very good point. What was wrong with the golden Knights on Friday in their Thursday performance against the Blackhawks? You did mention, the possibility of the all the gold carpet festivities kind of slowing the team down a little bit. Well, Friday, the Silver Knights did the exact same thing that the Golden Knights did. A, a few less people there watching, but um, they had they did their silver carpet where all the players did arrive early. They walked, they did the media stuff, they did the pictures, and you know it's 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 about routine. Um, on YouTube, you had a another another blast which I shared with you. Um, this was someone that basically stated that they felt since these multi-million dollar athletes, they should be able to handle a half hour of autographs and stuff like that before a game. And I responded, I said, if there's one thing we know about professional athletes, it's routine. And especially professional baseball players, starting pitchers day a game, they all got their things that they do. They don't want to be bothered. They have their day down to the second, as far as what they wake up, what they do and stuff like that. And I think hockey players and all professional athletes are the same. You get you get to the rink or the stadium at a certain time. You do your thing. You have your your routine once you're there. You have your things you do at your house or hotel before you get there. And when you disturb that routine, you just kind of mess with the harmony in your life and uh, everything else. So Golden Knights do the gold carpet on Thursday nights. Friday, you know, we're talking about how they struggled against probably possibly the worst team in the NHL, only winning one nothing. Silver Knights on Friday night against Tucson. They lost two to one. They looked okay. It was not a very good game, but it was a decent game. But that same Tucson team on Saturday, they beat them six to two. And they had they put in like three or four early goals in the first. They jumped all over them. So again, maybe there is something to be said about these festivities and how they can get in the heads of the players. Yeah, a lot of distractions. And Bruce Cassidy also said that he was concerned about those distractions in the first home game, too. So, yeah, fair. Uh, and and Garrett Cole, you talked about pitchers and routines. Garrett Cole on opening day for the Yankees, they had these festivities and it went over by six minutes. And he had a keep absolute complete meltdown at, because it was six minutes late for him as a starting pitcher because, yeah. They stick to the minute and to the second with their routine. It's true, folks. Next, it's true. Yeah. Coming up next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about what's going on in the Pacific Division. Stay tuned. More after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Pollock from Las Vegas. We appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, I just was thinking, you know, during that very short break. Okay, so Phil Kessel, right? So he sets these records for longevity, most consecutive games played. As soon as he breaks those records, you talked about him not 
doing free skate activities and all that. Did they change his role with this team as the season wears on after all of these milestones are met? Keep going. What do you what do you mean? Like, are they going to bench him? Or are they going to move him on? No, yeah. Well, his role change with this team. I'm just curious. Are, do they play him differently now as opposed to after he breaks these records? Right. To try and keep him to try and keep him healthy for the season. More okay. or less. Yeah. No, that that's a fair question. And I think Cassidy is going I, I feel like Cassidy is full run of the roster. I, I think McCrimmon's going to leave him alone, at least for now. And I think Cassidy is going to do on an, on a nightly basis what he feels is best for the team, and so far it's working. So far, okay. Whether that means uh, giving Kessel some extra time off, I don't know. I don't know if he wants it. Like, you know, Kessel, he's a very hard person to read. Um, he's a very nice person. I've had one very pleasant personal interaction with him, and you know, he's he's tough to read. I think. Um, he just likes doing his thing, and I think he's going to keep playing. I don't think he's going to take a night off just because he broke the record. I think uh, health willing. I mean, we have to get to the record first. It's uh, four or five games away. Monday next Monday against Toronto is when he'll uh, he'll break it. So was that a week from t- no two weeks from tonight? Two weeks ahead, yeah. And the only gold carpet that Mister Kessel's going to see is the one made out of golden's mustard. That's it. Uh, VTK at three and zero. We talk about the Pacific Division. Uh, you've got Cal Gary at 2-0 and and the big showdown game coming up tomorrow night, which we'll preview on tomorrow's show against the Flames and VGK. That should be a good one at the Saddle Dome. The Kraken are 1-1-1. and Perhaps they are tanking for Connor Bedard as well. Uh, the leaders in that category, the Sharks at 0-4. They're definitely on the tankathon. The Oilers, Ducks, Kings, uh, they have, two, what, two points currently? Yeah, and the Canucks are also 0-2. So, how are things shaking out so far early going in the specific division? You and I, again, were firm believers that VGK would get out to a very slow start. New system, everything else that's gone on around this franchise, goaltending, the tendies, if you will, we weren't so sure about. Uh, where do you think this division is at currently? Um, the Kings, I think, are the biggest disappointment. I would have to say so far, the biggest surprise is the VGK. So just kind of looking right now at the eight teams, we knew the Sharks, just the Sharks, forget the Sharks, they're not going to be competitive. Shout out to uh, our friends uh, for Lockdown Sharks for uh, not competing and trying to dig for things to talk about all season long. But outside of that, there are seven teams, I think, that will compete for playoff spots throughout the season, and that's everyone but the Sharks. And that, that's not a shot, that's just reality at the Sharks right there. Canucks 0-2, I mean, again, these are very early uh, perspectives here, but the one thing I will allude to is VGK, Cal, Gary, Seattle, Edmonton, LA. So four of the, excuse me, five of the remaining seven teams, not named the Sharks that are going to compete this season, have had wholesale changes to the roster, if you will. Pacioretty, Dodonoff, Robin Leonard missing the entire season. Uh, the Kings lose Dustin Brown. Kevin Fiala comes in. Uh, Seattle brought in some talent um, or not a lot of talent with Martin Jones. Um, the Flames have had the, – the Flames are, are a story. I can't wait to see how the Flames uh, shake out, losing their number one and number two and replacing them with two very solid players in return. And, you know, so let's see once these – players kind of get comfortable and where things go Edmonton and goaltending let's you know that's Jack who Campbell knows still yeah no, big question mark with Jack Campbell right 
Yeah, and right now Edmonton, all that scoring, again, two games, but their goal differential is only a plus one. The, the Sharks are a minus eight so far, so maybe they'll hang a banner for that. Uh, Vancouver minus three, Kings minus three, that 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 good defensive team that that Cassidy alluded to. We'll see how that goes. But I, I think at least the early reaction, you know, the Knights, the Flames, and the Oilers are going to be the three teams that we'll be talking about contending for the division. I still maintain, even though it's a fast start, I still maintain the fact that VGK is not going to contend for the Pacific, at least right now, maybe in four in seven or eight games, I'll have a different perspective about that. I think VGK will be comfortably in the playoffs somewhere in that two or three seed when the dust settles in the division. And this team is built for a late run. Um, the Pacific itself, not off to a flying start outside of uh, VGK and Calgary. Everyone else is either one and one or, or worse at this point. And if the Kings are going to falter and if Vancouver is going to falter, I don't think Seattle is going to be there in there in the end as well. Anaheim is not going to be there in the end. They don't have enough around their rookies and stuff. So VGK might not have a difficult path to the playoffs in the Pacific, which isn't a bad thing. And then they're going to turn it up once the playoffs come. Uh, the Ducks lost to the Islanders the other night, seven to one. Did you see that? There were five goals by Isles Blue Liners in that contest. Troy Terry has three goals uh, for the Ducks. Um, we thought that they could be a threat like they were last season in the early going, and then they faded late in the season. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, the Kings defeat Fleury. Fleury, 11 goals in two games, and he was pulled, and they've given up 14 goals in a couple of games. And tonight, the Colorado Avalanche come calling uh, for the Wild. Uh, things could go south real fast for Minnesota. Give that I know time. they're not in the division, but – the Kings were able to pull off uh, their first win. And then uh, Calgary, again, will have that preview coming up tomorrow, Chris. But they won the Battle of Alberta the first game <laughs> uh, in Edmonton. Uh, Nazim Kadri uh, had his first goal, I guess. Uh, the New Look Flames, you talked about it, with the loss of Johnny Gaudreau, with the loss of Matthew Kachuk. And they also played uh, Dan Vladder, 26 saves in net. A lot of these teams, what I've noticed early, because he uh, filled in, for uh, Jacob Markstrom. Uh, but a lot of these teams from the early schedules have been very difficult. My Rangers played three games in four nights. So we are seeing more, I think, than ever before, a rotation out of the shoot early in the season of goaltenders around the National Hockey League. Yeah, the days of uh, one goalie starting 70-plus games are long gone. You need two goalies. And in VGK's case, they feel they need three goalies this year. And it might work. It might work if you can find a way to keep them in rhythm, keep the practices upbeat. And, you know, we got the McCrimmon plan so far off to a good start. We got the Casa plan off to a good start so far. Let's uh, let's see if we can keep it rolling. And tomorrow is the first test. Tomorrow against Calgary is the first test of the season. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm curious if uh, it's a 6-5 to five affair or if it's a 3-2 to two affair with uh, the defense uh, doing their job on both sides. And we'll talk about that. We'll have a big preview coming up on tomorrow's show. And we'd like to thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, it's Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things National Hockey League. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We're up against the clock. So long for now. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.